Hey everyone, this is Lily. And I'm Rebecca. And this, this is Just Ghoulie Things. <laughs> hey guys, welcome back to Just Ghoulie Things. So for this week, we are going to be talking about first encounters. First times. First time first for everything. <laughs> not our, well, not, well, our first time. Okay, next, been- next, next, <laughs> next. Thank you, next. <laughs> That's on a different podcast. Yeah. But yeah, no, um, we're going to be the talking. HBO podcast. <laughs> That's like the, like, what is it? Like the after hours, the 12 p.m. Yes, yes. <laughs> Premium Snapchat. Oh my God. All right. All right. That's not the podcast we're doing right now. Right now. So uh, this podcast, we're going to be talking about people's first supernatural encounters. So um, we actually got, this is our first email that we got from someone named Nina. Nina, yeah. So thank you, Nina, so much for sending in your email. Um, We're going to obviously keep saying this, but if you guys or someone you know has a paranormal experience that they want us to talk about on the show, email us at justghoulythingspodcast at gmail.com. I'm going to harass you guys about this at the end of the show too, but I thought I should put it out there since this is someone who emailed us and we really love reading your emails like when we got this email Lily and I did not expect this email to come in and I like called her right away and it both like popped up on our phone yes and we were like did you see we got an email I picked we up, got an email I picked up the phone to call you <laughs> and as I picked up my phone and I looked at the screen your name came up and I was like oh shit she got it too I was yeah I was so excited so I was driving and I just saw that it was uh it's she put like ghost story and I was like oh my god like I I'm like Lily you need to read the story to me while I'm in the car because I don't want to like text and drive I don't want to like read emails and drive then you become the ghost exactly all right I'm not I'm not trying to be a part of these ghostly stories just yet all right (laughs) so yeah uh, so let's get started with this first story it was the summer of 96 or better referred to as the summer of hell I can't help but to blame myself. After all, I've watched plenty of horror movies to know all the basic rules, but even then, I ignored the most important one. I was young and curious, so attracted to anything horror, just like us. (laughs) I played with a spirit board by myself, and if that wasn't enough, I had chanted spells that I found in a spell book written in another language. Frustrated at what I thought was a complete fail since nothing had happened, I continued on with this dangerous combo. A few days had passed and things began to change. I started hearing strange sounds. For each night that went by, the evil entity became more aggressive. Some call it sleep paralysis, but I know it was an evil force holding me captive. I could hear the growling in my ear and the voices as it whispered to me, calling out my name. I was terrified. I fought so hard to have just enough courage to open my eyes, and then fear would strike again when I would witness with my own eyes a hooded shadow figure by my bed and shadow figures darting in and out of the wall while calling my name. (laughs) It was getting worse. I don't know how much worse can you get. I can now feel it touching me. It actually touched my foot. Foot fetish ghost. Foot fetish ghost. (laughs) Just going to throw that in there. (laughs) Sorry. The only thing scarier than a ghost is a ghost with a foot foot fetish. (laughs) Or if it was a furry with a foot fetish. Could you imagine? A giant mascot duck was wandering around (laughs) going in and out of my walls. If you guys have a story... (laughs) If anyone has furry uh, horror stories, please email those to us. We like uh, anything paranormal. Yes. Uh, uh, that is uh, just ghouly things podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> it wouldn't let me sleep, and it was as if I was getting stronger. It was getting stronger. I was so scared, and knowing it was my fault, I didn't want to tell anyone, especially my father. 
all my family had warned me about tampering with spirit boards. I no longer felt safe in my own home, and every chance I got, I tried to go somewhere hoping that this thing wouldn't follow me. I distinctly remember several occasions where the evil had followed me. My aunt had asked me to stay with her and her family during the week to babysit my little cousin while she worked. I had fallen asleep or something, um, and something had disturbed my sleep. I opened my eyes to the light above me flickering on and off. I immediately left the bedroom and fell asleep on the couch the rest of the night. Another night, I had experienced the same exact thing, but this time, as I left the room, I heard whispering coming from my cousin's bedroom, which was located right next to the living room. Confused and terrified, I started to wonder if it was my cousin that I had been babysitting, only to find out later that day he was sleeping with his pa- in his parents' room the entire night. I knew I had to dispose of the board, and when I did, I heard a, la- a voice later that night say, I will come back. God, it's like that one nasty ex. Take it over. <laughs> I will be back in your memories on Snapchat. Oh, Don't worry. God. Oh, God, it's almost that time of year again. Oh, yeah. It's in the summertime, you know. Eventually, we moved, and I began, the f- it began feeling safe again. The activity still happens from time to time. I realized later that this thing wasn't a part of the house. I summoned it, and it was attached to, t- it was attached to me. Oh, that sucks. I thought I was losing my mind until one day my older cousin had visited. She also is a believer who had her own personal experiences. We were exchanging stories of strange events, and she distinctly said she heard heavy breathing coming from upstairs. We both looked at each other, and she noticed my dog turned towards the direction of stairs, and she heard it too. She had lived there prior to me and stated that she's never heard that during the time of residency there. Well, thanks for nothing, Nina. <laughs> oh my God, that's yeah. So that's you know I've never I've never played with a Ouija board ever. I um, have really. So it was well okay. It was made by Hasbro. Ooh. It was like right next to like <laughs> Mall Madness, apples to apples, and then Ouija board. Yeah, pick up a Ouija board. It like allegedly it was okay. So it like kind of glowed in the dark. And I remember sitting after my grandfather passed away. I sat in my room on my bed. I was like, Grandpa, are you here with us? And nothing happened. And I was like, okay, either this thing doesn't work. Or my grand 20 bucks back. Yeah. Either this thing just doesn't work and Hasbro ripped me off or my grandfather is giving me the silent treatment. (laughs) And I don't know which one is more offensive. (laughs) I think think we should like just go with Hasbro. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Hasbro. Send them a strongly worded letter. An email. From, of course, the email address, just ghoulythingspodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Sponsor us, Hasbro. <laughs> All right. So um, Nina had sent us this email a couple weeks ago. We responded back to her, thanking her. And if she had any more stories to email us, just ghoulythingspodcast <laughs> at gmail. And um, she actually then emailed us a week later with another story of hers. And she writes, On a paranormal investigation with local ghost hunters, I had my unforgettable encounter with the famous ghost, the white lady. Hmm. White lady. Like, you know what? I'm so tired of these ladies in white, but you know what? A little color and zest in Right? Like, put some rainbow in there. Like, geez. Yeah. Some sequins or something. Basic. (laughs) (laughs) We stopped at a local cemetery known to be home to many spirits. I was thrilled to be at this location, and I immediately found a spot to investigate. Camera in hand, I started to take pictures. Instantly, I began having experiences. 
With my own eyes, I saw orbs floating around and disappearing. My hand was also caressed by an unseen being. I decided to sit down to collect my thoughts when my eyes caught something in the distance. It moved in and out, and for a second, I lost sight of it. When all of a sudden, my camera started rewinding itself. Hmm. Looking down at my camera, I know you had to use a pen tip to push the button in to make it rewind, and no, I had pictures left over. Looking back up, to my surprise, was a half-transparent figure. I could tell she was wearing an evening gown from the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. I saw a detailed embroidery on the bottom of her gown, but I was having a hard time seeing the upper half of her. Shocked at what I was witnessing, I ran to find the group. I never revealed to them my unexpected meeting with the lady in white. However, I always have the regret of running away from her and not helping her cross over. Oh, but you know what? Like, I find that so interesting. So I actually emailed Nina and I said, do you have like pictures of this? And she said she's going to go in her attic and see if she could find some of the images from this, uh, from this encounter. So uh, if she finds them and is able to send this to us, um, we'll keep, follow us on Just Coolie Things Podcast on Instagram and maybe you can see the images that Nina took from that night. But that is, yeah, that's crazy. I think, um, again, like the traditional lady in white. So this hit me like in the middle of, as you were telling the story, and I was thinking about how it was always like a woman in white. Mm -hmm. Now, I could just be really stupid (laughs) or this could be an okay theory, but it's possible that, you know how like everything, I mean, was in black and white? Yeah, so like in cinematography? Been, yeah. So if there had been a woman truly at, you know, the town dance who got hit by a car or this woman in white or whatever, and they were in like a pale yellow dress, had it been taken, you know, had it been a, a photo taken on a camera back then, the dress would have appeared white. Oh, shit. Maybe that's why we don't see people in darker colors because they blend in with the night. Oh, oh my where, God. where did you pull that out of? <laughs> That was... What? This just, like, <laughs> the inner machinations of my mind are an enigma. Holy we need a... At least we have this on recording, because yeah. I think we're on to something, Where are guys. these brains in, like, science class? I'd like to apologize <laughs> uh, sincerely to At all least, of my science I teachers. wish we would have had paranormal electives in school. That would have been so That would have been so fun. That would have been awesome. Have to, like, buy our own EVPs and, like... Yes. The, like, uh, what, what else? Like, the... What is it? The box? The voice box? Oh, the voice the, box. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would totally invest in that. Did you that. imagine, like, messing around? Like, did your school do morning announcements? Like, they over did. Like, a loudspeaker? Okay, so my high school did that, too, and they had, like, a little chime that they would do, and they would be like, the man who needs no introduction, but we'll introduce him anyway, blah, blah, blah. But imagine, like, that thing coming over, and you just hear, like, I will kill you. <laughs> like, in school. Be like, happy Tuesday, students. <laughs> it's time to die. Like, <laughs> and then be like, you know what? I'm not dying in this school. Like, I want to die in a happy place. My soul is already dead. (laughs) Thanks to to Common Core. Common Core ruined me. It didn't. I was lucky enough to escape it. All right. All right. Now on to Lily's encounter stories. What did you find for us? All right. So I, of course, went to good old Reddit. All right. So she says, after reading so many experiences from other people, I would like to share my own experiences in hopes that maybe someone else can relate and bring me comfort that I'm not the only one this has happened to. It all started when I was in third grade. I'm 29 years old now. 
I've always been a little different from other kids. I've never been shy. I've always been afraid to lie. And I've always been outspoken about my thoughts and feelings for as long as I can remember. I remember it was a really hot day, getting close to summer at the end of the school year. My teacher had opened all the windows in our classroom, I'm guessing to let in a breeze. And I remember raising my hand for her attention. Yes, Amber, my teacher said. I was hunched in my chair, holding myself tightly. I'm cold, I replied. My teacher approached me and began looking me over. I remember her saying, you're burning up. I was drenched in sweat and flushed. She sent me to the nurse's office, who then called my mother and informed her that I had a 104-degree temperature. Oh, that's not good. Uh, I still remember the look on the nurse's face and the fear in her voice. Okay. That's never good. No. She's like, she's like, ice isn't just going to cure this one, honey. <laughs> good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always couldn't stand the nurses at my school. They were the worst. Like, I could, like, come in with, like, a knife in my head, and they're like, you know what? Just put some ice on it and just lay down really? for a second. My, Here's the pass. Ours was uh, lay down for 20 minutes. <laughs> that was ours. We didn't even get ice. They didn't care that much. I, actually, fun story. Um, I work, so I work at the town restaurant in the town where I grew up and uh, went to school most of my life. And uh, the other day, a group of women came in, and they were talking and you know, everyone knows everyone. It's mm-hmm. a small town. And it came up that one of them was the new school nurse. And I said, where? And she said that she was at the high school. And I said, I was like, thank God. And you're <laughs> like, yeah, uh, not a lot of people were fans of the previous nurse. And I'm like, okay, it's not just me. It's not just me. But I feel like that's just a common thing with school nurses. Like, you're everyone's so disgruntled. A- like, but first of all, you're getting paid to be here. You're pretty much just babysitting a chair the whole time. Because, like, the only people that really go into the nurse's office are people that just don't want to be in class and like yeah my head hurts all right just lay down like why are you bothered by that dude i literally had let him rock i hated i hated school so much and i would have panic attacks in class to the point where i was in the nurses so much i became friends with like all the diabetic kids (laughs) and like the girls with scoliosis like we were a squad (laughs) nurse squad yeah okay sorry back to the story back to the story maybe we'll throw that in at the end Who knows? At the hospital, the doctors couldn't find any medical reason for my sickness. They couldn't manage to break my fever. They were at a loss as I drifted in and out of consciousness. With no diagnosis, the doctors instructed my parents to, quote, take her home and make her as comfortable as possible. I remember my mother stripping off my clothes, laying me down on the couch, covering me with a thin sheet, and repeatedly applying cold, wet rags on my forehead. I passed out and woke back up countless times throughout that day and night. At some point, my mother had moved me into my brother's room, which was right next to theirs. I slept on the bottom bunk of a bunk bed, and one of my younger brothers slept on the top. My parents didn't want to put me in my own room where they couldn't watch me, so they put one of my other younger brothers in my bed. The door between my parents' room and my brother's was removed, so when I woke up in the middle of the night, I could see straight into their room to their bed where they were asleep. My fever had broke, and I felt tremendously better physically, but something still wasn't right. Hmm. I scanned my surroundings, and that's when I saw them. There were two little children standing in the bedroom (laughs) with my brother and I. One boy and one girl, they were not my brother's or sister. 
They were dressed very strangely in clothes that seemed old and tattered. They looked like they were washed in an antique filter. <laughs> Their skin no filter. Hashtag no filter, just ghosts. Um, <laughs> their skin looked gray and dirty. Who are you, I said, but the only reply I got was an evil grin that spread across their faces. What are you doing in our house? Amber, who are you talking to, asked my mother. I looked through the doorway at my parents, who were woken up by my talking. They were both still in bed, just pushed up onto their elbows so they could have an A-line sight to me. That's when I felt terrified. Don't you see them, I asked. The boy and girl then turned around, and that's when I saw the knife in the boy's hand. (gasps) He glanced back over his shoulder at me, smiling, and they both began walking into my parents' room. I went hysterical. When I say hysterical, I literally mean I started screaming and woke everyone in the house up. Screaming, they're coming for you, mommy, don't hurt my mommy, get away from them. (sighs) I crawled into the space where the bunk bed pushed into the corner of the room. I pushed the mattress completely off the bed frame with my feet, trying to put as much distance between them and I. Pushing with my feet, but going nowhere, just smashing myself into the corner, unable to look away from them, screaming and scaring my family to death. That chills. (laughs) Mommy, he has a knife. He's going to kill you. My mother was too afraid to move. Where are they? My mother pleaded with me to tell her where they were. She was frozen in fear. Neither my mother or father moved off the bed. Just as the boy stood inches from my mother's side I, and rose the knife above his head, my father said, fuck this, <laughs> then jumped up and pulled the chain above their bed. The light came on and flooded their bedroom. The kids I had seen were gone, just vanished. I've recounted this incident with family, friends, and even a childhood therapist. Ever since that night, I've had many other encounters with other people, children, and even animals that no one else can see. I've had dreams of the future that have come true, one in particular that predicted a loved one's death death, the very next day in exact detail to my dream. Please, someone tell me I'm not the only one. Damn. You, You know what? It seems like she's super sensitive that she's like um, a medium mm-hmm. of some kind because that's crazy. And I mean, this is just one of her one of her first encounters. Exactly. And this has not been the only time that she's dealt with something like this. There is such a thing. I, as I read this, I was thinking about it as fever dreams where your, your fever gets so intense that you start maybe hallucinating mm-hmm. or something. Um Just a quick background, a couple months ago, I was really sick. I had mono. I was in and out of the hospital. And um, every now and then I would have a fever. And I wouldn't, you know, it's different for everyone. So I wouldn't have hallucinations, but I would just start like laughing for no reason. And it felt like there was something like making me laugh. And it was really weird. So it's quite possible that that might have been part of it. Like maybe that's why like she saw what she saw, but what made it vivid is that, like, there's something there. Yeah. Because, oh, sorry. No, No, I was just thinking, like, I'm just thinking, like, what you said, because, like, what if, like, what if us being, like, sick opens a part of our mind that our body automatically makes us close off when we're in full health? Like, maybe this is stuff that's actually happening. Like, she's seeing, she's seeing people that are really there. Yeah. But because of her sickness, it like brings down that guard that now yeah. she's able to kind of 
I know. mean, when I was, so I mean, like I'm a believer and like I've had my own experiences before this, but when they took, I had, I went to the hospital cause it was really similar. Like they didn't know what was wrong with me. Mm-hmm. I had, I thought I had the mumps. I was sweating. I was lethargic. I had a weird lump on my neck. It was, it was weird. It was yeah. like American horror story. <laughs> like, I don't know what was going on. You don't with know me. what triggered it? Nope. You just get, you know, it was mono. So you just get it from sharing a cup. They call it the, like, you know, the kissing disease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but I had been single for quite some time <laughs> and still am. Um, if you're interested, email justfullythingspodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> Rebecca is dying right now, you guys. She's laughing so hard. <laughs> Um, I love this. Anyways, uh, so, and I had been on an airplane. And so we think when uh, we had, because we had flown out for Thanksgiving, Mm -hmm. I probably, you know, touched something, touched a cup, touched my mouth, something happened because we were in, you know, an airport and those places are nasty as hell. So I must have picked it up there. Um, and then it, as it got more intense, you know, over Thanksgiving, I, Thanksgiving isn't my favorite holiday, but I really like it cause I like to sit around like with family and everything, especially this is family. I don't see a lot. Mm-hmm. So I was really looking forward to it and I could barely, you know, stay awake. Um, and then once we got on our flight and we landed, there was a growth on my neck. I was exhausted. I had these weird, um, they're called tonsil stones. Don't look them up if you have a weak stomach. But it was very similar with what's wrong with me. And I went to the hospital and they did blood work and they said, okay, you have mono, just rest. And it was so similar to this of just rest and ride it out. Yeah. And I, you know, had, before this, I was a believer. So it wasn't really like I had any big realizations or Mm -hmm. whatever. But there definitely were moments when I felt like kind of out of it and loopy, but I... You know, and they say that, you know, older people and younger people, since they're closer to like what they call the other side, Uh they're more sensitive to that. That's that's true. So her being extremely ill also could have been a catalyst. Yeah, a catalyst, maybe bringing that wall down. Interesting. Yeah. So, Lily, we've talked about readers' encounters, uh, encounters that we've seen online, Mm -hmm. but I feel like you don't always hear about encounters from our favorite celebrities, you know? Mm -hmm. You just see their life all glitz and glam and nothing could go wrong and blah, blah, blah. But we actually found an interesting um, encounter and story from a very famous YouTube star. So, Lily, you want to take it away with that story? Sure. All right. So, uh, I tried to kind of go out of, you know, our comfort zone of, you know, just reading stories. So, I typed into YouTube, uh, first time seeing ghosts. And everyone, most most of you know Shane Dawson. Um, he had a skit show like 10 years ago, and now he does a lot of conspiracy videos, which I'd actually love to touch upon later for sure if you'd like to hear email us just fully think <laughs> that, that joke is gonna get so old you guys i'm sorry it's gonna be but, like unsubscribe. but really yeah but shoot us an email if you know you have any requests or anything like that but for shane dawson yeah <laughs> double tap this picture for shane dawson we just gotta post it okay so i have some notes here <laughs> some notebook asmr for you guys so um i saw two videos where he spoke about it and in one he says he it was his birthday. He says it was his birthday in both videos, but the age in one, he said he was nine or 10. And in another one, he said he was 11. So whatever age he was, same, you know, tween age or kind of situation. So he said, um, uh, when I was 11, I was laying in bed and I felt fingers on my back and heard happy birthday. And I had thought it was just my mom. So, um, he goes into that, you know, you don't get a lot of detail, but apparently he had had a really crappy birthday. Mm-hmm. And he 
so he feels like fingers scratching his back and he turns around and there's no one there. So he goes into his mom's room and he's like, mom, like I just felt these hands. And she said, oh, uh, you know, honey, that was your guardian angel. You know, she knew you had a bad day. She wanted, you know, to be there to comfort you. I believe in guardian angels. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, That could be another fun one. Yeah, that'd be a fun idea. Um, Future episode, guardian angel stories. Yes. Submit them. Submit them to (laughs) justfillythingspodcast at gmail.com. Anyway, so so he touches upon that, and that was like his kind of first, um, experience, and then he goes on to say that at the time, you know, he his family was very religious, and he kind of you I know see his mother- on your notepad, <laughs> Lily just has in big letters, all caps, lots of Jesus <laughs> <laughs> underlined. You're, you're gonna put that on Instagram. Lots of Jesus. Lots of Jesus. All right. Check out Instagram at Just Cooler Things Podcast. Um, so, anyways, so she says to him. You know, oh, it's your guardian angel. And he's like, oh, okay. You know, and he's a kid. And then he, after that, had some more experiences. And now looking back, he thinks maybe not. And Mm -hmm. a lot of the weird experiences he had after that still in his home, you know. And he said that he would talk to his mother about figures that she saw as well. You know, and she would say, but it's a, you know, it's, you know, a guardian angel, it's an angel. And he's like, looking back, like some of the things weren't angel-like. Yeah. And they, and he believes that he was having encounters with, you know, demons or just, you know, unfriendly ghosts. Crazy. Yeah. So Shane Dawson, thank you for that material because he keeps it real. Yeah. Honestly, I really like him. Okay. Cool, dude. So, and now, Rebecca, you have a personal story or two, correct? Yeah, so, you know, we're talking about everyone else's encounter stories, but there's a reason, obviously, why Lily and I believe in the paranormal. And even before, I, I think I could speak for both of us when I say before um, we had our own experiences, we believed in the paranormal, but I think that having your own experiences, because we're open to that stuff, um, just having our own personal experiences just kind of... Nails it as to, yeah, it explains why we believe what we believe. So um, a lot of my encounters are from when I'm younger, and um, I do have a couple of other more recent stories, but um, I kind of wanted to touch upon two that were really significant in my life and why I, to this day, still believe in the paranormal. So my first story, um, I like to call it the guy in the trench coat. So I grew up in a small town in northern Jersey, Grew up in this uh, house all my life, up until I was like about 20, 21, then my family moved. And um, this house was built in like the 1950s. Uh, there were several people that had lived in the house before us. Apparently, Mickey Rooney would like come over all the time oh, with one really? of the, yeah. Apparently, he was good friends with the original owners of the house. And yeah, and I think, I don't know if someone died in our house. There's never been like confirmed evidence, but I know that there were older people that had passed away and then they sold the house because, you know, mm-hmm. they were no longer with us. Yeah. Um, but when I was younger, my parents, uh, they added another story to the house just as an extension because it was a pretty small house. It was built in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. And so my room was technically in the attic, the crawl space. And so the way my parents built it was the staircase went up there's a small little hallway, and my parents' room was to the right. My room was to the left. And then, like, to the left, to the side of my room was the bathroom. To the left. To the left. <laughs> so when I was younger, I had my bedroom, uh, my bed facing 
uh, one of the walls facing my mirrored, my mirrored closet. And in the corner, I had a white dresser. And I just always remember, it'd be like late at night, and I would sometimes just stare at the corner, and I wouldn't, see, I wouldn't physically see a solid figure, but in my mind, I could sense the being of someone. Like I could sense a man that was about six foot tall, in, in a trench coat. It would just be a black. It would just be a black, I guess, figure. And he would have kind of a, he had really broad shoulders. That was the one definite thing I remembered about him. And that's how I knew he had like a trench coat on. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had kind of like a thinner, longer neck. And then he had kind of a hat that kind of topped off, kind of like an Abraham Lincoln looking hat in a yeah. way. Very early 1900s, maybe late 1800s vibes. And it never scared me. I just knew it was there. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really think anything of it. I was young. I wasn't threatened by it. I never screamed to my parents about yeah. it. I just knew it was there. And I was just like, okay, that's there, whatever. So then months went down, uh, once months passed. And my mom and I were just hanging out one day. And I just said, mom, like, do you ever experience anything in the house, like anything off? And my mom is a huge believer in the paranormal. That's kind of what got me into um, researching ghosts and spirits and paranormal activity. Mm-hmm. And she was like, as a matter of fact, like the past few months, I've, I've been uh, seeing a man in the hallway between our bedrooms. And Ooh. I was like, really? Because I've been sensing the, the presence of a man. And she was like, that's weird. <laughs> so she was like, how about let's get two pieces of paper and we'll turn our backs and we'll draw what we believe we see. Mm-hmm. So of course... I drew my stick figure man with like the broad shoulders, mm-hmm. trench coat, uh, the neck, and like the 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 hat, like the Abraham Lincoln looking hat. <laughs> and of course, my mom's taking forever because, as you can see from our logo, my yes. mom's a really good artist. Shout out! Shout out to Debbie Debrews. Deb Debrews. And um, so she was like really putting detail into this, and I was like, okay. So I'm like, ours our figures are not going to look nothing alike because she has all these details. I just have like this brief idea turn around, we look at each other's pictures. And to this day, I think my mom still has the pictures that we drew. She has it somewhere. She's like a hoarder. (laughs) So um, one day I'll find them. But distinctly in both our pictures is a man with a trench coat, broad shoulders, and the same type of Abraham looking hat. Yeah. And my mom looked at me and she was like, holy shit. (laughs) We've been seeing the same guy. And it like... It was just such a weird feeling to know that the things that I'd been sensing, it was accurate. Like I wasn't, this just wasn't just something in my head. Yeah. So that was, that was really, really cool. And it really, um, it confirmed it for me that there's, there's something in the house. Yeah. I never felt, I never felt scared in my house. Mm-hmm. I never felt threatened, which was nice. But oh, I always that's always a perk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> being I never relaxed in your own home. Yeah, being able to sleep at night. Yeah. But I always did feel like there was something there. Okay. Maybe it was like a guardian, you know, you never know. Who but guardian it was... who was also like solving a mystery, so he had to have a trench coat on. <laughs> All right, Lily, so let's hear one of your encounter stories. All right, so this story actually, um, again, involves my family out in the Midwest. And now Midwest that I think so about bad. it, now that I think about it, I mean, I was out in uh, Iowa when my... Um, Mono came now that I think and now that I'm thinking about it, like this poster is something that I brought back from Iowa again. And so I had gone 
Every year, my family and I, we go out to Iowa. Shout out to Ames, Iowa, (laughs) Iowa State University. Um, Go Cyclones! (laughs) Uh, So we go out. My mom lives in like this small, you know, campus town. And, or she did live. Oh, you know, she she lives in Jersey now. Oh, Amy. Um, And so we go to the Iowa State Fair, which is ginormous. I mean, it is like, uh, I don't know if like, you know, a lot of our listeners probably at the moment are from like Jersey, you know, area, yeah. yeah. And um, the Meadowlands State Fair is a huge thing, but I mean, it is beyond. It's like if you take, uh, I'm trying to think, if you take like a boardwalk, uh, like the Santa Monica Pier mm-hmm. or the Jersey Shore Boardwalk, and throw in like County Fair, really, it's huge. Yeah, people come from all. People over. come from all over just for that fair. Yeah, mostly because they have something called the Butter Cow. The butter cow? The butter cow. So the butter cow is there was a woman, she actually passed away a few years ago, who would carve sculptures out of butter because it's Iowa, and I guess this is before (laughs) Wi-Fi. There was no dial-up. You just had to stick a butter in a dream. Um... Anyway, so she, so it became like a thing and they keep it in this refrigerated display and Mm -hmm. they would throw in like, I remember one year, I think the year she passed away, you know, they always had an extra couple of sculptures. It wasn't just the cow. They would have something else that people had worked on one year. I think it was like Laura Ingalls Wilder. I think one year it might've been like her when she passed away. I don't remember, but. Wait, they did a butter sculpture of her? I believe so. Holy shit. But they do it of like real people. I mean, it's like, they go all out. That's intense. It is wild. That's something to put on your Tinder account. Yes. What are your interests? I like to make butter sculptures. Oh God. My panties would drop. (laughs) Is that an earthquake? No, it's just my panties hitting the ground. (laughs) Um, Okay, sorry. So, to my story. Uh, so I, we go out to Iowa, and um, the big pamphlet uh, that kind of has, you know, everything about it, and it was, you know, whatever year anniversary of the butter cow. I bring it home with me, and on my door, I had, you know, a bunch of little, like, posters and stickers in my old house and, like, notes, you know, from friends and everything. And I took a, you know, I took a thumbtack, and I stuck that little pamphlet to the door, mm-hmm. and that was pretty much it. So on my door, I had a mirror mounted, and around it were all of these, you know, post-it notes and pictures and everything. So whenever you would, like, move something every now and then, like, they would get caught in that tiny, tiny little, like, a millimeter space in between the door and the mirror itself because it was kind of separated because it had been hung on. So one night I was in my bed. I remember I was in my bed watching just like DIY videos and it was summer. So there, there wasn't a draft. And when there was a draft, I, you could hear it in my windows because mm-hmm. my house was built in like the 1920s. Yeah. Um, I remember your old house. Yeah. Cute. RIP. Anyway. <laughs> uh, well, it didn't like burn down or anything. I moved. Um, <laughs> but so the windows were old so they would rattle when there was a draft it was dead quiet there was no breeze and I see something moving out the corner of my eye so I look up from my phone and I see this pamphlet which is about the size of like a playbill mm-hmm. um, swing left right left right left stop completely vertical mm-hmm. how it happened 
And of course, I freaked the hell out. Yeah. Because there had been, you know, there was nothing, nothing moving it, nothing there to move it. And, and it, you think other stuff that was on the door would have been moving too. Yeah. And it didn't. Yeah. But I remember I could hear the sound of it scraping. You know what I mean? So it wasn't just like, like I saw it, like I looked at it and it moved left yeah. and to the right. But to the right of that pamphlet is the mirror. So it would have gotten caught and yeah, stopped yeah. moving, <gasps> but it didn't. That's crazy. Yeah. So, it, and not only did it do it once, it did it again, and then it just stopped. Oh, so it, this happened again? Like, no, 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 like multiple times oh, at oh, one like time. Swing, yeah. It went left, right, and the when it went right, it should have gotten caught in between or gotten stuck or at least like lagged for a second before it like fell back, but yeah. it picked momentum up out of nowhere. That's so weird. It was wild. So, yeah, either... I, I don't know what it could have been. And you said it. You said it kind of looked like a playbill, right? So it was pretty thick. Yeah, it was about about the size of a playbill. You know, it was yeah. yeah. You know, maybe a little, maybe a little thinner, but not enough for it to. I mean, it. You know, I'll, I'll post a picture of the door maybe <laughs> when this happens. I think I have a picture, and you can kind of get an idea of it. But you know, either you know, you would have to be holding it, you know, and holding it out to mm-hmm. do it yourself. Yeah. Or you would have had to slam the door, but there was, you know, no draft. I didn't have the fan on because I, for some reason, I used to like to, like, sleep without the fan on. Now I can't sleep without one. Yeah. But I don't know. It was just, it was, it was weird. You know, I never really, my, my house was built in, like, the 1920s. There weren't really any store. Like, I don't have any good stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that George Washington like stayed up the street from my house. Really? Yeah. One of the, yeah. So there's a house they call it the Washington house. And I'm like. Is it like still preserved the way it was? Kind or? of. Okay. People live there. The exterior is the same, but That's like, cool. isn't, you know how like people like don't always have curtains and you drive by at night, you get like to look at their yeah. house. That's a nice house. Is it really? Yeah. It's really nice. Um, I'd be curious to like want to know if they get experiences there. That'd be pretty cool. I wish I knew the people. It's funny, you know so many people in the just town. Just let's go over and just knock on their door. Be like, hey, you don't know us, but uh, yeah. where oh. are the Just Ghoulie Girls at Just Ghoulie Things Podcast? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, so yeah, so that was my kind of weird moment, and it felt, you know, like with a lot of these stories, something that takes three seconds feels like an eternity. Yeah. And it went left, right, left, right, and then it stopped. Wow. Yeah. Like it was being controlled. It was really, really weird. But, uh, you know. All right, enough with the... Uh, you know that. the creepy yeah. the creepy Iowa pamphlet. Yeah. So now my my last personal encounter story takes place in Salem, Massachusetts. So like I previously <laughs> said, <laughs> what can go wrong in Salem, Massachusetts? So when I was younger, every year my mom and her friends would go to Salem, Massachusetts a week before Halloween every year and they would go to the witch houses, they would go on ghost tours, everything like that. Just because we all believe in the paranormal. My mom was really into it. Yeah. And so I, when I got a little old enough to remember, she would bring me with her, with her girlfriends, to all these excursions. And I remember that was one of the few times, like when I was younger, that I just remember like a trip that really like changed my life, like really helped me like appreciate. Yeah. Like I really began to appreciate the paranormal and just the history and. As you guys know, you know, Salem, Massachusetts, there were the witch trials, and that was a real thing. I mean, that was, you know, and it's it's crazy, it's crazy to see what these people went through. America. 
Yeah, Merck. <laughs> and uh, so I, I really grew an appreciation for Salem, Massachusetts. And I always looked forward every year right before Halloween to go. I'd always dress up in the oh, Halloween costume. Cute. And it was just always cool because every year you would hear different ghost stories. We'd go on different tours and just hear oh, people's I experiences. So cool. So Lily and I, I think... I think we should do that. I think we should do that. Yeah. yeah. So stay tuned, guys, for October because there'll be a lot of... Hanging there, things. Yeah. I promise you it'll get better. So... Um, my dad decided one year to come with us. He's like, yeah, sure. He's, he, he believes in the paranormal, but he's definitely more skeptical than my mother and I. Okay. So he was just going just for just a vacation, I guess. And we get to this hotel, which we had never stayed at. We were on, I believe it was like the seventh, eighth floor. Mm-hmm. And our view was looking over a beautiful cemetery. Oh. <laughs> Very old graveyard. And so that was, you know, definitely gave, gave the vibes of, the Salem, Massachusetts trip. Mm-hmm. And we put all of our stuff away. I brought all of my, remember the, what is it called? The, the ghost stories, the after, after the dark or. Oh, scary stories to tell in the yes, dark. Yes, that one. Oh, okay, gosh, so I, I brought all of my books because I always loved reading scary stories before I went to bed. That's That was how I went weird. to bed. Yes. That's weird. Very weird. But I loved doing it. And so I, what I did was I laid them on my bed and we went out, we did our excursions for the day and we came back and all of my my books were on the window sill, so just lined up. And I was like, "Mom, Dad, did you guys move these?" And they're like, "No. Why would we? Why would we move them? Like, makes no sense. They were on the bed. Like, they weren't in the so way of anything. Or anything. No. Ah. I mean, yeah, we checked in and then we just left. And I mean, they were the beds were already made. There would be no reason for them to come in. Yeah. And also where it was, on top of it was a radiator. So the books were getting really, really warm. So it wouldn't make no sense for my parents to put it on top of the radiator, like paper and the heat. Yeah. So luckily we got there. It was just like lukewarm. So it wasn't anything crazy, but I just happened to notice it. I set them down back onto the bed and I happened to look out just to view the, the graveyard and the window on the outside was relatively foggy and I noticed with a closer look that there were where there was a nose and handprints <sighs> on the windowsill like on the window itself and I was like wait mom dad <laughs> can you come here for a second and they came over and they were like yeah would you press your face against to look and I'm like no and the reason why they definitely knew that it couldn't have been me is because the fog was on the outside so my handprints wouldn't have like, there was no fog in the room. Like, it wouldn't have, yeah, you know. Yeah, it would have smeared when you... It would have smeared, yeah. And on top of that, the way that the fingerprints were, it was as if the face and the hands were looking into the room. No, thank you. And mind you, there was no patio. There was no... We were on the seventh story, so it wasn't like oh. people could be looking in. So that was how we kicked off our Salem Mass trip. <laughs> and then from there, we went to the witch houses, and my mom would take pictures on her camera. Mm-hmm. At the time, it wasn't a digital camera. It was one of those you had to develop like a di- at, the, yeah, 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 at Kodak yeah. or whatever. And a Kodak we had moment. Kodak yeah. moments. Little ghouly things. <laughs> and um, we found, like, orbs and stuff in the pictures. Yeah. Oh, wow. So that was pretty, that, you know, I can't wait to go back to Salem because that was yeah. such a fun time. And, and it'll a, be interesting to see what books. Yes. I have my books, too. I still have mine. Yes. Yep. So we'll definitely, I definitely want to see if something happens again once we go back. But that was my story that I thought was pretty freaky. Yeah. All right. The real kicker also is that you were on like the seventh floor. Yeah. So it, there would, and it wasn't like there could have been a construction worker or something on our patio looking at, like, no, like it, there was no patio. I mean, there's no way someone could have been looking in. Skydiver gone wrong? <laughs> 
there may have been, They like, probably would have broken the window, though. Yeah. <laughs> there may have been trails of blood. There was no blood, though. Yeah, just fingerprints. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, so... That's weird. Lily, take it away with your last story. All right, so to wrap this up... Holy crap. All, like, there is a theme today with all of my stories, and that is my family in Iowa. <laughs> and let me tell you why. Why, you ask? Because this... <laughs> Is about a photo album, an old Victorian photo album that had been brought over from Norway mm. um, and carried through Ellis Island. And there were pictures of up to my mother's great grandmother, okay. I believe. It's so old that the captions are, some of the captions are still in Norwegian. Mm. And you've got pictures of I, like, uh, like my great great uncle or something in like World War One. I. I mean, it is wild. Pictures of like creepy babies and my mom opened this one and she was like, that's my great grandmother and she scared the shit out of me. Or like, that's my grandmother, whatever. Um, and, but it's this beautiful old Victorian photo album. It's like a crushed velvet kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, an, like a dark green with like a pattern. It's actually got a mirror on the front. Like it's really elaborate. Wow. Really elaborate. And it was like the family photo album. So you flip through it, and some of the photos, you know, are kind of, like, wonky. Some are fell out. Some, like, the glue in some of the pages gave out because it's, like, literally 100 years old. Yeah. It's insane. Um, so it was at... It was in Iowa with my mom's family. And then uh, one year when my grandparents drove down, they brought some stuff. And one of the things they brought was the photo album. My mom was, like, awesome. Like, she always loved to look mm-hmm. at it, like, when it was around. And she always thought it was haunted. <laughs> so she... So she and I, like, you know, we lay it down on the bed and we kind of look through when we see, you know, like, all the weird, creepy pictures. And they're just creepy because, like, everyone's just, like, stoic and, like, their faces are just dead inside. And, you know, it's weird. But I was looking at it and I was like, okay, this is kind of creepy, like, whatever. And we put it on the little stand it came with um, on a table in my parents' room. Mm -hmm. So a couple days later, I was sitting on the couch and... Um, my house is like a couple split levels. So I could see my parents' room from where I was sitting on the couch, up a like short flight of stairs. And I saw something go from left to right. I saw something cross the door. And I thought it was my mom. What did it look like? It was uh, just a dark like shadow. Like, you know, like when you see someone walking so fast, you don't really like, it's just a blur, yeah, right? Yeah. It was just that. And it was casual. It wasn't like looming, like, <laughs> and it wasn't fast and it wasn't slow. It was as if someone was getting ready. So I thought, okay, like maybe it was my mom. And then I realized, no. And then I'm like, okay, like maybe she's letting the dog out. And then I realized like the dog was by my feet. So I'm like, okay, my mom definitely just is not home. Yeah. So there's no chance it was her. My dad was at work. And I'm, like, automatically, like, I'm a little, like, shaken up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm freaking out. And I'm, like, like holy shit. Like, automatically, I jump to the fact that it's a ghost. <laughs> and I'm, I try going into my mom's room, you know, and I'm a little, like, you know, like, goosey. Yeah, yeah. I got, like, goosebumps in my parents' room. And I try to, so I know it's not my dog because my dog had been sitting at my feet. Mm-hmm. I know that it's not either of my parents. My brother doesn't live at home. Yeah. And... I see that they have horizontal blinds. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, like maybe it was a bird flying and then like the reflection and blah, blah, blah. But like scientifically, there was no answer for this. So I sit on the couch and I just sit there. I call my mom like, mom, you got to get home. Some weird shit just went down. I 
look up and I'm like, you know what? This is weird. Like, I need to see what's going on. And I go in and I look to the left and it's just like my parents' closet, whatever. And then I look to the right and by the uh, stand where the photo album was, like some of the pictures had slipped out, but one of them had like fallen out flat on the ground and it was like a man in like a, oh. in like a war uniform. And what I had seen was very, you know, proper, up, proper, upright, like someone, like someone with purpose, not someone, oh you know, it didn't look like someone there to scare me. It looked like someone just doing something. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, like, was he just wandering around this new place? Like, like, but it was, there was some, there was something to that. That's because, crazy. Yeah. And you know, a lot of the time when you think you see something, you can kind of explain it like, in, but they're honestly, I, you know, yeah, just, and if you like, I can show you like when you see my new house, mm-hmm. the outline of it, you know, it just doesn't make any sense. And it was weird. We had been living there for a while and yeah. I always, you know, I would hear weird things and, you know, but it was just. It's strange that when we brought in that terrifying old photo album, that's when that's I saw when something happening. human-esque. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? And I, I just like want to clarify this too. It's like we're not the type of people that like we hear like a floorboard creak and we're like, oh my god, it's a ghost that's saying this. You know, yes, like yes. we oh, it's a sign. <laughs> Your name is Karen. Yeah. Like, no. But like, we like we like to be very logical with it too. Like yeah. we're big into science as well. Yeah. And like you know so. I but there's so when you hear our stories, this is not us just trying to reach for something. I mean, like yeah. this has genuinely happened to the both of us, yeah. And we've tried to explain it off ourselves because you know not too many people want there to be a ghost in their yeah. presence. But you know, it's cool to say that we experienced it and we survived it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I survived. I, I actually, survived. No, but, and part of us, you know, also really thinking about it, not only just so that we can like give you guys like our truth and so that we can like really know like what we truly did see that's paranormal versus eyes playing tricks on us or us being mm-hmm. tired or fever dreams or whatever. It's not only that so we can like be like 100% true with you. It's mm-hmm. also because I want to be like, am I sure there's a ghost yeah, in my yeah. house? Like I'm, grasping for some reason to not be scared mm-hmm. but you know that that thing that person was like walking with a purpose across and that pamphlet was moving and I'm sure you know yeah. you saw what you saw mm-hmm. with the trench coat and everything so interesting that okay it is. well on that note thank you guys again for listening to the Just Ghoulie Things podcast again <laughs> if you or someone you know has a paranormal story they would like to share with us please email us at Podcast at gmail.com and feel free to like us on Facebook at Podcast and follow us on Instagram at Podcast. alright guys have a good week and we will talk to you later bye, bye. Thank you.